Good morning, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Happy Lord's Day to everyone. Soon we'll, well, right now, actually, November 1st, the 1st of November, this year has gone by so quickly, and we're so thankful uh, to what the Lord has done for us. So we, we look forward to what God is going to do uh, through this pandemic and in our lives, and once he brings us back together, we'll be so happy. Last night was such a blessing as we tuned in and, and saw on the screen the wonderful puppet show. Thank you, Sonia, and your heavenly hands, puppeteers, and for all the children that participated. What a blessing. It's not the same as meeting together, but it comes close, and we're very thankful. Shall we just look to the Lord in a word of prayer this morning? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to open your word and share it together. We just pray, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Please empower me, Lord, and give me fluency of speech. Please hide me behind the cross, Lord, that we will see Jesus and he will be glorified. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity. We pray for your guidance and help, and we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. On July 25, 2002, nine coal miners entered Kewquik Mine in Somerset County, Pennsylvania, at about 9 p.m. The miners were drilling near the abandoned Maxim Mine when 50 million gallons, 50 million, imagine that, gallons of water poured into their shaft, cutting them off from the surface. In a desperate race against time, more than 200 rescuers worked to save the trapped miners. The men were trapped in a small chamber just over four feet high and 18 feet wide in 55-degree temperature water. The area of entrapment was approximately 200 feet underground and about a mile and a half from the mine entrance. The miners decided early on they were either going to live or die as a group. They were all rescued 77 hours after being trapped in the mine. The 55-degree water threatened to kill them slowly by hypothermia. So according to one news report, when one would get cold, the other eight would huddle around that person and warmed that person. And when another person got cold, the favor was returned. Everybody had strong moments, minor Harry B. Mayhew told reporters after being released from the hospital. But at a certain time, maybe one guy got down and then the rest would pull together and then that guy would get back up and maybe help someone else who would feel a little weaker. But it was a team effort. That's the only way. It could have been. And you know, dear brothers and sisters, that's what the Christian life is all about. It's not about how well I'm doing, but how well are you doing? How well are others doing? Not just our immediate spouses and children and families, but how throughout our assembly, throughout the Christian community, throughout our nation, we need to come out from ourselves and be more humble and think of others. Today's topic is the, the title of our message, Bearing One Another's Burdens. 
bearing one another's burdens. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul writing to the Galatians says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to look at three things this morning. Number one, carry the burden of others. Number two, confer help to those in need. And number three, cheer those who are down. There's two words that Paul uses here in this passage. One is burden and the other is load. And the difference is in Galatians 6.5 it says, for each one shall bear his own load. It almost seems contradictory. On the one hand it says bear one another's burdens and on another hand it says you have to bear your own load. What does that mean? It means that there are some burdens that we can share with others and what they're going through, we can carry their burdens and help them through it. But there are other things in our lives we have to bear our own load. And that's the true showing of love when we can not only bear our own load, but at the same time bear one another's burdens. So let's look at our first point today, carry the burden of others. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we need to pray for one another. It's been such a blessing to me to pray for the whole church every day. And I go through it in every morning, and I pray for the saints, and we lift up each other. And I'm very thankful for the one calls that we receive when we need to have urgent prayer requests because it's so important to pray for one another. It's something all of us can do to bear the needs of others, to bear their burdens is to pray for them. But it has to go beyond just prayer. It has to go beyond to helping others with their burden. Help carry that load that they're going through. Sometimes a person's burden is lighter than at other times. It's heavier. But we can help each other. Someone said it's like a man staggering beneath a heavy load of grain. He must somehow get this grain home to his family. But he's about to crumble beneath its weight. A brother sees his distress and rushes to his aid, lifting part of the burden and thereby easing the weight of it. Although the supportive one does not assume the whole load, his help allows the struggling one to carry on to his destination. When Jesus told the parable of the Good Samaritan, it was in response to one of the people that asked him, who is my neighbor? He was one of the lawyers. And Jesus told this story of the Good Samaritan. There was a man accosted by thieves, and they treated him very roughly, and they stole his money, and they beat him up so bad that he was almost dead. And along the road came, first of all, a priest. And the priest looked at the man who was so badly beaten and in such bad shape. He looked at him, and then he crossed by on the other side and went on his way. And then a Levite showed up, and he did the same thing. He saw the man in need. He saw him hurt. He saw that he could help, but he didn't do it. And again, he looked the other way, crossed the road, and moved on. And then a Samaritan came. He saw the man in need. He saw how hurt he was. 
And he had compassion and love for this man who was injured. He poured in oil and wine to his wounds. He took him to an inn and paid for him. He told the innkeeper the next day, when I come by next time, if you spend anything else on him, I'll pay you for it. He was the one who proved to be the neighbor of the man who was injured. God wants us to love our neighbor as ourself. And this man proved to be a burden bearer. Philippians 2.4 tells us, Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. The Bible tells us that when one rejoices, everyone rejoices in the body of Christ. When one suffers, all suffer. We are one in Christ. And that's the way the Lord Jesus Christ was when he bore our burdens on the cross. The story is told of one of the firefighters from one of these wildfires up in the northern part of the counties. He was fighting the fires day after day. He was so weary and so tired. And he went back to his house, and his house had burned to the ground. It was completely gone. And yet, rather than cry over it, rather than complain, he went back, got in his vehicle, and traveled back to the fire to save other people's homes. He truly was a burden bearer. These firefighters are heroes. These police officers, doctors and nurses and people throughout this pandemic who have been helping others, they're bearing the burdens of others. It broke my heart when I heard about some of these older folks that are in these uh, rest homes and convalescent homes. And, and it says that they weren't always dying from the pandemic, but they died because of not seeing their families. Can you imagine that? They died of broken hearts. And that's so sad. And some of the nurses would take the hands of these patients because they couldn't have their families there with them. And they they died in their arms, as it were. They died with the nurse holding their, their hands. And these folks are heroes. These folks are burden bearers. And God wants us to be burden bearers as well. He wants us to help carry their load for them. That's exactly what happened with Simon of Cyrene when they compelled him to carry the cross of Jesus. He didn't want to do it at first. They, had, they made him do it. The Roman soldiers made him do it. But it had such an uh, effect on him. And later on it says that he was the father of Alexander and Rufus. They were two Christians in the New Testament. And I'd like to think that Simon of Cyrene also got saved and influenced his sons as well. Burden bearers. May the Lord help us to carry the burden of others. Secondly, to confer help to those in need. Christ's love and his compassion must be put into action. It has to go beyond words. Hebrews 13, 16 says, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Not only is he pleased with such sacrifices, but he's well pleased. The Lord looks down from heaven 
And every time we do something for someone else and help them out, he is pleased because we are following his example. The early Christians themselves shared with one another. They helped one another. When there was a need, they met the need of their brothers and sisters in Christ. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 36, it says, And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, he sold his property, his land. He sold it and took the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. The Christians helped one another. The Christians loved one another. The Christians shared with each other. They didn't live in communes and that kind of thing, but when there was a need, they would sell their property or whatever was needed to help out a brother or sister in Christ. Christians, above all people, shall be generous with their time, with their efforts, and with their money. The story is told of a beggar by the roadside who asked alms from Alexander the Great as he passed by. The man was poor and wretched and had no claim upon the ruler, no right to even lift a solicitous hand. Yet the emperor threw him several gold coins. A courier was astonished at his generosity and commented, Sir, copper coins would adequately meet a beggar's need. Why not? Why give him gold? Alexander responded in royal fashion, copper coins would suit the beggar's need, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. And that's true. When we think of all that the Lord has done for us, how generous he's been to us, how gracious, how merciful, how loving and saving us and carrying our burdens on the, of sin on the cross, it should compel us to give in accordance with that same love and generosity. One of my favorite portions of Scripture is found in John chapter, 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. It tells it all. By this we know love, because he, that is Jesus, laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Christ's love must be put into action. It can't be just word or tongue. It must be in deed and in truth. Often when I've read this scripture, I, I thought to myself, would I be willing to lay down my life for my brother or sister in Christ? That's a hard thing to think about. But I really believe at the time it would be necessary that all of us, every true believer in Christ, would do that. If we were in such a situation, we would do it, definitely. Paul says in our text, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ is the law of love and Jesus is our great example. In the days of the early church, the Christians 
in Antioch, and they were, the believers were first called Christians in Antioch, they heard of a need in Judea of the Christians there that were very poor and very in need, and they needed help. And they came to the rescue. It says in Acts chapter 11, verses 27 to 30, And in these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch, then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples each, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. They didn't know the Christians in Judea. They were strangers to them. They, they didn't know their names. They didn't know their specific needs but they heard there was a need there. They heard there was a great need there, and they responded to it in love. And they sent by the hands of Paul, Barnabas and Saul the gifts that they had for the Christians in Judea, and God blessed them, and God used them. These dear saints gave in order to bear the burden of their brothers and sisters in Christ they had never met. So we saw so far today that we are to carry the burden of others and secondly, we are to confer on those who are in need. In other words, we're to help them. We're to pour out ourselves for them. And finally, we are to cheer those who are down. We've all been down. We've all been discouraged at times. We've all been in, in trouble and gone through trials and afflictions. We've all been hurting. We've all felt pain. We all know what it's like. And we also know what it's like to be encouraged or comforted by a brother or sister in the Lord Jesus Christ. And how much better you feel when someone puts their arm around you and gives you a hug, gives you a kiss, tells you how much they love you and are willing to help you and cheer you up. Jesus used this expression three times in the Gospels. Be of good cheer. Including the time he said it to his disciples after he had risen from the dead. Be of good cheer. He knew they were sad. He knew those two disciples on the road to Emmaus were sad. He knew that all the disciples were sad. They were down. They were discouraged because their master, their Lord, was crucified on the cross. But he rose from the dead. There are many people today who need words of comfort, who need words of encouragement, who need to be built up and edified. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says these beautiful words. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God comforts us not to make us comfortable, but to help us be a comfort to others. Little do we know sometimes when we're going through some major trial in our lives that God will use it one day with others who are going through a similar trial. Yes, he comforts us in all our tribulation so that we can comfort others in what they're going through 
as well. The story is told of a little girl named Susie, and it shows how God can comfort. The story is told of Susie, and she went to the corner store for her mom, and she was gone a little longer than her mom thought necessary. When her mom asked her what took her so long, Susie replied, she saw her friend Annie with a broken doll. Did you stop to help her fix it? Her mother asked. We couldn't fix it, said Susie, but I stayed and helped her cry. Oh, how many lessons we learn from children. She stayed and helped her cry. Oh, that we might have this burden on us to comfort others in their times of great difficulty. You know, the Pharisees and the lawyers of Jesus' day did exactly the opposite of that. In fact, they laid burdens on people. They didn't bear the burdens of others. They laid burdens on others. And Jesus says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 46, and he said, Woe to you also, lawyers, for you load men with burdens hard to bear, and you yourself do not touch the burdens with one of your fingers. So not only were they not burden bearers, they were burden loaders. They loaded burdens on people, and yet they wouldn't lift one finger to help. I think the scripture has a lot of sayings in it that are carried on to this present day. We mentioned the Good Samaritan. Well, that terminology is still used today, and, and I think that's where we get the expression where someone says, he wouldn't lift a finger, or she wouldn't lift a finger. In other words, no, no, I'm not going to help. It's not my problem. It's not my situation. I, I'm not going to get involved in that. I'm not going to lift a finger. I'm not going to help. But God doesn't want us to be that way. You know, when Job went through all those trials in his situation, three friends came to visit Job and encourage him, and they did so well for the first week because they, they sat with Job and they didn't say a word. They just comforted him by their very presence. And in Job chapter 2, verses 11 to 13, it says, Now when Job's three friends heard of all this adversity that had come upon him, each one came from his own place, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Naamathite. For they had made an appointment together to come and mourn with him and to comfort him. And they when they raised up their eyes from afar, they did not recognize him. They lifted their voices and wept, and each one tore his robe and sprinkled dust on his head toward heaven. So they sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his grief was very great. So many times it's hard to know. It's hard to know what to say when someone's going through a great trial and great pain and great suffering. But just being there for them, just comforting them with your presence, with your love and, and speaking a word and very briefly of encouragement is so important. Job was stunned by the way they treated him because as soon as Job started speaking, they started blaming him for being a sinner and that's why he was in the situation he was in. And Job said in Job 16 too, I have heard many such things, miserable comforters are you all. 
These three men that came to comfort him became miserable comforters. They weren't helping him at all. In fact, they were hindering him. They were not helping at all. Yes, it's so true. To be a good comforter, you have to be a good listener. To be a good comforter, you have to put yourself in the shoes of others. And that's not always easy to do. It's like the American Indians, they had an expression that says, you'll never know how someone is feeling until you've walked a mile in their moccasins. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to be a burden bearer, a comforter, an encourager, somebody that comes alongside and helps in time of need. I found a beautiful poem, and it's entitled Bearing One Another's Burdens, and it really touched my heart. I trust it'll touch yours as well. It says this, it says, If you're feeling low and worthless, there seems nothing you can do. Just take courage and remember, there is someone needing you. You were created for a purpose, for a part in God's great plan. Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill Christ's law to man. Are you a father, son, or daughter? You've got a work none else can do. Are you a husband, wife, or mother? There is someone needing you. If perhaps in bed you're lying, you can smile and press the hand of the one who tells his story. He will know you understand. There are many sad and lonely, discouraged not a few, who a little cheer, cheer are needing, and there's someone needing you. Someone needs your faith and courage. Someone needs your love and prayer. Someone needs your inspiration, thus to help their cross to bear. Do not think your work is ended. There is much that you can do. And as long as you're on earth, there is someone needing you. We're all needed. We're all needed to bless someone else, to help someone else, to bear someone else's burdens. Are we willing to be burden bearers? Are we willing to bear the burdens of others? So let's remember today the word of our text. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need to carry the burden of others. It's a heavy burden. We carry our own burden. But when we help carry someone else's burdens, it's a double burden, but it's a blessing and it helps the person so much. We need to be like the Good Samaritan with love and compassion and action. We need to confer help to those who are in need. If we hear of a need, we need to pray and we need to help that person if God has given us the ability to do it. He wants us to love not only in word and in tongue, but he wants us to love in deed and in truth. Yes, we should bring comfort to others, encouragement and cheer. There is someone who needs you. There is someone who needs me, and we need to be there for, for them. There is a work on earth for us to do. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we're challenged by this message. We're also very encouraged. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you bore our burdens on the cross. You bore the burden of our sin, of our guilt, of our shame. You died for us, Lord. You were the ultimate burden bearer. Lord, help us to follow your example. Help us to carry the burden of others. Help us to confer help to those who are, 
who need it. Help us to cheer those who need comfort and encouragement. Help us to be willing to pour out ourselves in unselfishness and sacrifice and humility to help others. Lord, we pray you'll give us a wonderful Lord's Day. And as we start this new month of November, where Thanksgiving will be coming up and then Christmas the next month, we look forward to it, Lord, because we have so much to be thankful for. Help us not to complain. Help us to be your servant. Help us to be thankful. We ask this in Jesus' precious and most worthy name. Amen.